Welcome to the Lutheran Outdoor Ministry Podcast. This is the place to be to hear all the latest news and information about the world's finest outdoor ministry network. And now, as always, here's your host, the Executive Director of Lutheran Outdoor Ministries, Mr. Don Johnson. Hey, everybody out there on the LOM podcast circuit. We are sure happy that you are with us for this podcast. And you are in for a treat today because our podcast guest today is none other than Mark Burkhart. Mark Burkhart, whose official title with the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, is the director of the Faith Formation Team of the Domestic Mission Unit. More important than that, Mark's support over many, many years on perhaps his full career for outdoor ministry has been phenomenal. And even in these days where he has not been serving as the director of outdoor ministries as he was up until uh, several years ago, uh, even in these days of working in a more general format of faith formation team with ELCA, He's been, I would say, our most predominant advocate of outdoor ministry in the whole ELCA churchwide churchwide organization. So, Mark, thank you very much for being here with us today. And um, I'm going to ask you to get us started by asking you to tell us a little bit uh, about your experience in outdoor ministry, which spans virtually a lifetime, but take us back to the earliest days of how you get involved with all of us, and uh, let us know a little bit about how your life has been so involved with outdoor ministry. Sure. Well, thanks, Don, first of all, for uh, uh, extending this invitation. Actually, when we were at Luther Ridge at the 100th anniversary banquet, I got into a conversation with Sarah Leffler, who was sitting next to me about this. Uh, topic. And it turns out that there has never been a time in my life, literally, and I, I just turned 65. So for 65 years, there's never been a time in my life when I don't remember being connected to Lutheran camps. Uh, this goes all the way back to my earliest childhood. My um, sponsor at my baptism, who was a very good friend of my father's, who was a pastor, um, another pastor named Pastor Dave Bollinger, was the director of Camp Jolly Acres, which was one of our old Lutheran camps, uh, which was a social service agency camp located just north of Baltimore. After my parents passed away, um, I got boxes and boxes of old photographs and discovered there were pictures of me as an infant at Camp Jolly Acres in my uh, godparents' hands, uh, holding me at Camp Jolly Acres. So uh, my, my earliest memories go back to then, and, and more probably importantly, to Camp Nawakwa. So in those days, uh, I grew up in the state of Maryland, and Maryland didn't have a camp of its own uh, in the mid to late 1950s. And so we went to Camp Nawakwa, which is one of our great old story camps in, in the ELCA. And my dad used to, and my mom would take me there, and we would spend a week every summer there. And I have just 
the most amazing memories as a young child of being in the midst of literally hundreds of young people at Camp Nawakwa. They're, they're very rich memories and very vivid memories uh, for me. But then um, the folks in Maryland decided that they wanted to have their own camp. And so my dad was one of the pastors and one of the leaders in the Maryland Synod that uh, helped us start Camp Marlow Ridge. And so it, my dad happened to be a pastor at a, a, a congregation very close to Marlow Ridge at the time. He volunteered to be the uh, registrar for camp. So every Sunday afternoon in the summer, we would pile in the car uh, after church and head up to Marlow Ridge. And I would be wandering around the camp as my dad and mom would be registering, you know, lots and lots of campers for, uh, for the summer camp program for that week. You know, like I say, there's really never a time in my life when I don't remember those camp experiences. Well, then I got old enough to be a, a camper on my own, and I used to go to Marlow Ridge uh, for, for a week every summer. I was always, would always go with a friend of mine um, and just had great experiences there at Marlow Ridge over um, a long number of years. And then um, I went off to college and um, really hadn't given camp much of a thought. I, I didn't, the one period of my life when I didn't go to camp was when I was in high school because I had jobs and I was working at home and didn't go to camp. But then I got off to college and um, went to Susquehanna University, Mount Luther in Pennsylvania, uh, where Chad, of course, is the director now, was just down the road. And I got recruited to uh, by the camp director there to um, to be a camp counselor in the summertime. And so I started to work at Mount Luther uh, following my freshman year in college. And I have to say that um, for for someone who had gone off to college, had no idea what they wanted to do with their life, literally, that first summer at Mount Luther was life changing. I um, I came back to campus at the end of that summer. And it was as clear to me as, as almost anything in my life that, that the way I should spend the rest of my life should be working in Lutheran camps. And I, I can't explain it. I, I mean, I think in the church we call it a call. I, I felt a call to outdoor ministry at that point. And so really then for the rest of my time in college and then in grad school, I really prepared myself to, be a, uh, to work in, in outdoor ministry. And then two more places I want to mention, uh, Fortune Lake uh, in Upper Michigan uh, was pretty significant. When I finished up two years of, of grad school, and I had already been a director at Mount Luther for one summer, I ran into a guy named Cy Warmanen, who many people on this uh, podcast might remember. Uh, Cy was, uh, oversaw both Pine Lake and Fortune Lake camps in uh, Wisconsin and Upper Michigan. And Cy invited me to come and be the summer director at Fortune Lake. And so I went to Fortune Lake uh, that summer. It was an amazing summer in, um, in many ways. And I, I really, it was my first exposure, frankly, to the Midwest. Um, I had spent all my life on the East Coast. And so I was exposed to sort of more Lutheran life in the Midwest and to size wonderful gifts of music. Uh, at Fortune Lake, and did that uh, for one summer. And then following there, um, took my first call to, uh, first full-time call to outdoor ministry at Camp Beisler, which is now Crossroads uh, in the New Jersey Synod, and was there for uh, nine years before I left and came to the churchwide office. And, and then that just opened up 
the whole world of Lutheran outdoor ministries once I got to the churchwide office and had a chance to really see the full breadth and scope and richness, really, of, of, of Lutheran outdoor ministries across the country. Awesome. And I, I mean, it's uh, so rich historically, which I would expect from you, because you are the, if anybody would say to me, who are the historians for outdoor ministry in the ELCA? And I would point to you as one of the premier historians. The other premier historian, I would say, was Ralph Urenberg. Both of you were involved in helping LOM celebrate its 100th anniversary this year. And so uh, that all makes sense. So I just feel so fortunate to have known you since the days we were camp directors in ELCA Region 7 together. You've done almost um, a total who's who of camps in Region 7 ELCA. I uh, will also say that uh, there are some notable ones that you weren't involved with as camper and counselor, but you had quite a few of them along the way. Your span of involvement uh, has been uh, primarily in the last half or in the most recent second half of the first century of Lutheran outdoor ministries. So here's a question for you who uh, who you who's done so much research on the whole scope of outdoor ministry for the Lutheran Church in its first hundred years. From what you know, as a student of the whole hundred-year span of outdoor ministries, how do you imagine your story is different from what the story was for somebody who might have experienced the first 50 years of outdoor ministry? Well, there have been so many changes over the 100-year history that it's, um, I made actually um, a long list of these. So let me just dive in because it's almost hard to know where to start. Um, I think one of the most significant things that has changed across the years is that, uh, and this would be true of camping in general, but even true of Lutheran camping, that the move from what would be what we would call centralized camp programs to more decentralized camp programs. And frankly, what I think has evolved in many of our camps is actually now a hybrid of those two. There are things that we do at camp in the course of a typical, and I'm thinking primarily right now of summer camp, um, we, that we do, they're very centralized. We do them as we have all camp activities or all camp worship or all camp games. There was a strong movement uh, beginning in the 1960s to decentralize camping programs. And in fact, um, and I'll use the, the example of the camp that I went to as a child. Marlu Ridge was one of the first camps to be built from scratch from the very beginning as a decentralized camp. And so you had what we today would typically call villages. Uh, Cabins were built to house no more than eight campers. And instead of what used to be literally dormitories sometimes or uh, large tents with with mass numbers of people in them. And uh, the activities of the day then were scheduled around um, the small group. So one, typically one camp counselor, uh, with you know up to eight campers 
kind of deciding how they would go through the day together, making decisions involving the, the kids in the decisions. That was a radical difference from the earliest camps that we've documented because many of them were based on what really what I would call military model um, and, and much like uh, the scout model of camping where uh, it was a very regimented day. Uh, the schedule didn't change much from day to day. There was uh, reveille and flag raising and uh, taps and flag lowering at the end of the day and things like that. And um, so every day of the week kind of looked just like the day before with of course, the exception of whatever the weather might happen to be doing that day. When we got to small group camping, that all changed. And so different campers would actually experience different things depending on what cabin group they were in or what small group they were in. So that's one thing. You know, one of the big uh, differences in terms of programming has been in just the sheer diversity of programs that we now have in, in Lutheran Outdoor Ministry. You know, I think in the early days, uh, camp pretty much looked the same uh, from camp to camp, uh, not a lot of difference, but we've gotten so creative these days in offering so many different kinds of programs for all different kinds of ages, and, and we have things like high adventure camps, you know, biking and backpacking, and, um, you know, some of our crazy kind of camps that we have now where you sleep during the day and stay up all night. Camps that are built around uh, particular activities, whether it be fishing or sports, um, that would look very different from the early camps that were very much focused on some physical activity, but certainly also on uh, pretty intense Bible study and worship experiences that sometimes, according to some of the histories, went on for quite a lengthy time uh, where the children were expected to, you know, sit in rows uh, in the chapel in what looked like pews, while some uh, older experienced uh, pastor would, you know, lecture them for maybe an hour and a half about some book of the Bible, for instance. And so uh, that would look very different. Uh, Certainly staff would look different. So in the early days of camp, almost all of the staff were volunteers. The pastors who led the program were volunteers. The camp counselors who were typically adults, not young adults like we have today, but uh, oftentimes like uh, school teachers who were on summer break, those kind of folks uh, would be the camp counselors. In fact, my very first camp counselors, uh, I had a, uh, a pastor in his 50s uh, who was paired up, well, we were paired up in a small group at Marley Ridge with um, a girls group, and their leader was a woman who was in her early 80s. And these were both volunteer camp counselors. Today, of course, we have in Lutheran Outdoor Ministries the largest young adult program in the church. And I think many of you know this, we typically employ about 3,500 plus young adults to work in our Lutheran camps every summer. They're paid. They would say they're not paid enough, and that's true, uh, but they're paid. That would not have been true in the early days. There was no such thing as a paid camp counselor. Because of that, um, our young adults who go through that experience Um, that's a significant leadership development program in the life of our church. So all that has changed. Now, there's many other things that have also changed. um, And if you want to go a little bit deeper, we can talk about that too. That's really helpful in terms of understanding how camps have 
progressed Lutheran camps have progressed and um, and really become different and much more diverse. And uh, uh, certainly um, most of our camps had their roots in summer camp for kids, but all of them doing so much in addition to that these days. And some not even doing that <laughs> anymore. That's right. Or uh, uh, having been founded, you know, for purposes different from that. When you were up at Pine Lake uh, as the summer... Fortune camp, Lake. Uh, Fortune Lake is the summer yeah. camp director. And then at Beisler. Mm -hmm. uh, and then on church-wide staff, at mm -hmm. first primarily with uh, outdoor ministry as your portfolio, now with a much broader portfolio, your career of more than 40 years professionally in outdoor ministry, what do you know now that you <laughs> wish you knew when you were the summer director at Fortune Lake or the executive director at Camp Weisler? Well, it's probably, <laughs> it's probably a really long list. Um, but I think the thing that it, the thing that jumps out for me, Don, is that um, I wish, uh, as a young camp director, I had really understood better the generosity of people. And so, one of the things I don't think I did particularly well as a young camp director was was raise money. And I didn't feel particularly comfortable at the time asking people for money. Um, I came to understand that and become much better at it. But I'm thinking actually even more largely than that. One of the things that has just sort of blown me away across the years is the, um, the willingness of uh, folks all across the church to support outdoor ministries and to be so generous with their time and with their other resources. Um, and, and that would include financial resources. It never ceases to amaze me that when we launch a capital campaign at one of our camps, uh, when we, uh, and I, I think of a, one of my favorite stories in the churchwide, in my time at churchwide was the move that Badlands Camp made in Western North Dakota, uh, giving up their site and then, uh, and then trading land for a new site. And I remember working with their board, trying to talk with them about what that kind of a major move would make. And one of the things they taught me, um, the people in Western North Dakota taught me and many others across this country was that they just love our outdoor ministries. They feel so strongly connected to them and they will do anything, whatever it takes to make that possible. And so they will, uh, they will find ways to come up with the funds creatively, uh, legally, but creatively, uh, to support their, their outdoor ministry organizations. Um, and sometimes these are folks who are not, do not particularly, to, to look at them, to talk to them, you would not think that they had the means to do that, but they have the will to do it. And they understand in their hearts and in their minds, they really get what it means to be generous and to put their sort of put their faith into action through their generosity 
by supporting um, our Lutheran uh, outdoor ministries across the country. And, and that has, um, it's been a humbling experience to, to learn that and to witness that across the years over and over and over again. Now I have the privilege of working with the stewardship program of the church, and we get to talk about generosity all the time. And um, so that's sort of been a, a, a growing edge for me and one that uh, I certainly was not, did not totally understand, nor was all that comfortable with in my earliest years as a camp director. Wow. Uh, Mark, that resonates so much with my experience, and I can identify with with that uh, from my own experience. And I think that continues to be um, a situation as I uh, talk with and get to know some of the newer camp directors and executive directors throughout LOM. One of the things that I have discovered is... Uh, most uncomfortable for many new executive mm-hmm. directors or new in the role of being an executive director right. is the idea of, of being responsible for leadership and the financial development aspect right. of their organization. And I know from my own experience, uh, it, it, it's just been, it was such a um, tipping point for me mm-hmm. to uh, internalize the idea that when we ask people to consider supporting our ministries, uh, we're giving them an opportunity to be involved in something as opposed to uh, right. asking them for a handout. And for, yep. for, that was a huge tipping point for me. Yep. So, yeah, I would totally agree. Yep. You are involved in the churchwide organization. You uh, have a very impactful position. You have a very uh, influential position, and you have been very good to LOM in advocating for outdoor ministry from where you sit as a very influential person in the church-wide structure. Let me ask you this. What can you tell us in LOM? Uh, What can you share in terms of insights that you think will be most helpful to us about the ELCA that you feel, what are insights that you feel are important for us to be aware of as you observe your involvement in the churchwide organization? Sure. Well, again, a lot of things uh, come to mind, but I, I think I want to focus on on one thing that's been sort of um, I've been giving a lot of thought to lately, and that is that I, I would hope that none of us, and especially leaders in outdoor ministry, would buy into this prevailing narrative sometimes that the ELCA is destined for continual decline. In fact, from where I sit, Um, And part of it goes back to that, my comments about generosity. We are, in fact, a very strong church, a church that has, um, I think, uh, you know, I admit to being totally biased, uh, some really sound, good theology. Uh, We have tremendous resources in the ELCA. I mean, uh, and and that includes financial resources. Uh, We have been blessed across the years by generous donors. We have a lot of endowment funds available to us. We have access to some uh, 
major foundations. Um, and, and you know that we, we just received a, a million dollar gift from a foundation. And that was on the strength, I believe, of, of what that foundation believes about the ELCA. I would include in that um, our agencies and institutions of the church in, in terms of the strength, our Lutheran social uh, ministry organizations, our colleges, our universities, our seminaries, and most especially our outdoor ministries. Um, and, and I would like to think that together as LOM, uh, we could commit to uh, making our church um, a better, stronger, more diverse, uh, and more invitational uh, church body these days. And I think that our Lutheran outdoor ministry organizations, our, our members of LOM, uh, can help to lead that change. I talked uh, earlier in this interview about the impact of young adults and the leadership development programs we have. We, we uh, in this church, hold a very special place in terms of leadership development uh, in outdoor ministries. You know, there's a lot of talk in leadership development these days about adaptive change. I can't think of a more appropriate place to learn adaptive change on the ground than working in outdoor ministries. It's really interesting. Sometimes around this building here in the churchwide office, I run into people who are struggling with issues and problems, and I'll sit with them and we'll try to figure it out. And sometimes they'll look at me and say, where did you learn how to do that? And, and my answer is always the same. I, I learned it in outdoor ministry. Everything that I know and everything that I learned about leadership really came from my outdoor ministry experiences. And I believe it's because uh, of those unique experiences where uh, you never know from day to day what's going to happen next, right? The, the, the septic system freezes up uh, and, and overflows. The water line breaks. Uh, a severe storm rolls through. Uh, three or four members of your staff decide to quit or you decide to fire them uh, all in one day. The cook walks out in the middle of summer camp. Uh, you know, these are all things that very quickly teach you uh, how to be an adaptive leader and those life skills uh, not only will serve any of our Lutheran outdoor ministry leaders well, but I believe that those skills serve the whole church well. And so as I think about the future of our church together, as I said, I don't want to buy into this narrative that we're destined to, to always be on the downward slope, but that uh, we, we can and we will together make this church a better place. And it will be folks uh, like those of us who work in outdoor ministries who will help make that change happen. Wow. I totally affirm that, Mark. Whatever decline or challenges we are feeling in the ELCA at this point, I think gives so much opportunity to our LOM camps and retreat centers and organizations. The opportunity is to be Part of the solution of all of that. And we are so exactly. well placed for that. But like you say, we, we have to be, um, we have to believe that there is a future to this right. church that's worth fighting for mm -hmm. in order for us to uh, make use of this opportunity to its yep. maximum advantage. So, yeah, thank you for that. Mark, um, we're getting towards the end of this podcast time, but 
the, I know that, uh, you know, as you've talked about the span of your career with the church and, and outdoor ministry, I, I know that you have, well, let me first of all say with great gratitude how uh, grateful I have been for your friendship over the years as outdoor ministry has connected us so many times and in so many ways, and particularly during these past few years that I've had the opportunity to serve as the executive director of LOM and your support and encouragement and generosity in sharing from your knowledge and skills and experience. I have so much appreciated that. And I know that you've been a mentor for many in this outdoor ministry network. I mean, you talked about uh, Cy Worman as being a mentor of yours. Are there others that you can lift up who have been, for you, your mentors? For you, who've been mentored to so many. Yeah, well, uh, several come to mind, and and I'll just kind of rattle them off fairly quickly here. Uh, first of all, um, uh, Paul House, who was uh, you know one of my predecessors, uh, who was the director for outdoor ministries in the old Lutheran Church in America. Uh, Paul was the person I went to uh, when I felt the call to outdoor ministries as a as a sophomore in in college, and I stayed connected with Paul uh, throughout college and graduate school. And it was Paul who really uh, believed in me um, and, and helped, uh, helped me to find my first uh, position uh, in outdoor ministry. He also was the person who helped me to understand that I probably wasn't being called to ordain ministry in the church as a pastor. And that was okay, that it was okay to think about serving uh, in the church um, as, a, as a lay person. The second person I would mention is, is Connie Youse. Uh, Connie was uh, my first uh, real boss, supervisor in outdoor ministry. Um, uh, after I got out of grad school, I took the position as the summer director at Mount Luther, and it was Connie who hired me. And then over the years, uh, we, we, of course, worked in the same region along with you, Don, and, and Connie just became, one of the things about Connie. Connie was never flashy as an outdoor ministry director, but he was so solid. And uh, I always knew that when I had a problem, I could go to Connie and whatever he, um, whatever words of wisdom he had were, were good words to listen to. And, and I always appreciated the time we spent together. A person outside of outdoor ministry, but very much in the church was my, my first, uh, my first bishop. So I went to work, um, uh, as the camp director in, in the New Jersey Synod, and the bishop at the time was a guy named Bishop Herloff Jensen. And Herloff was a, is just a huge hero to me and mentor in the church. Uh, Herloff believed in me as a 24-year-old camp director and said, we hired you to do this not job, now go do it, damn it, and I'll have your back. And, and he meant every word of that. And there were times, I've told this story many times to people, there were times when he got so upset with me about some stupid thing I had done as a camp director, but it was always in his office with the door closed. And the minute I walked out the door, he had my back every single time. And, and so I learned a lot from Herleth. And then um, Jerry Olstead, who gave me the opportunity to come to Chicago and be part of the churchwide organization. As I shared back in the fall when we honored Jerry with 
the Man Love Howls Award, uh, Jerry was a person of big ideas and big dreams. And uh, in many ways, uh, I became sort of the person, his assistant, who, who kind of helped him make it all happen. Uh, but boy, I learned a lot from Jerry about going, going sort of going for it. <laughs> and one, one of the examples I would use of that was uh, when the uh, Grand Canyon Synod had the chance to uh, receive a gift of what now we know as Spirit in the Desert Retreat Center in Carefree, Arizona. And I thought Jerry was absolutely out of his mind uh, for, for pursuing that. And, you know, now we can look back and say it was, it was a great decision. And Jerry did some wonderful things to help make that happen. And I could cite many other examples like that. And then the, the other person who, um, for me, became a really good uh, friend and mentor in outdoor ministry uh, was Dwayne Hansen. And Dwayne, you know, Dwayne spent his entire career in outdoor ministry, 40 plus years in ministry, never did anything else other than be a camp director. Because Dwayne uh, was close to here, close to Chicago and Madison, um, I spent a, a lot of the, my time with Dwayne across the years, trying to understand how it was that he was doing some of the things that he was doing in launch, launching the arts program at Bethel Horizons. And then uh, he and I, it turned out, uh, ended up on a lot of uh, uh, consultations with camps in some pretty difficult situations. And uh, I just so much came to appreciate his wisdom of, of uh, all those years and just his, uh, his spirit. And uh, so you know, Dwayne was a was a, a very close friend and mentor. Well, Mark, thank you for that. Wow, those those names are just uh, resonate in so many ways. Mark, your career in all these years, uh, and you as a person, are so unique and um, uh, such an individual that you're one of a kind. And at the same time. From this podcast, it's reaffirming to all of us in outdoor ministry that you're just one more person who discerned their call to public ministry at Cal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> for that, we were very grateful. And um, let me ask you this, though, before we sign off. Is there anything... Any question that I should have asked you and didn't? Any question that you were hoping I would ask you? Uh, not really, Don. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll let it uh, let it be as it is. We thank you very, very much. Look forward to your continuing involvement and connection and advocacy for and leadership in the outdoor ministry world in the days ahead. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you, Don. Thanks for listening to the only official Lutheran Outdoor Ministry podcast in the entire world. Until next time, check out the Lutheran Outdoor Ministries website or our Facebook page. So long for now from the Lutheran Outdoor Ministries World Headquarters. On behalf of Don Johnson, have a wonderful day.